0: How can privileged identity governance help an organization improve its security posture? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Merritt Maxim. He's the Director of Identity Management Product Marketing at CA Technologies. Merritt, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Good to be here. So Merritt, we all understand the criticality a privileged identity management. Why, then, do we find that it is still managed so badly in many organizations? Yeah, first, it
1: goes without saying, when you say privileged uh, identities, those are the users who have access to your most critical data and systems in your environment, and therefore, those systems are at highest risk for uh, hackers and also as potential disclosure of, of data information. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's consistently managed badly, but it's not just the managing of the privileged users and understanding their access. It's being able to do that on a holistic basis on an an ongoing uh, manner so you can verify uh, at any moment in time what your privileged users have access to and how they use that access so when the auditors come knocking, you've got answers for them and you can help better control and manage your risk.
0: Merit, you get the opportunity to speak with lots of different organizations in your experience, what do you see as some of the most commonly overlooked risks when it comes to privileged identity management?
1: Well, first, uh, basically, even just knowing who all your privileged uh, users are. When any large org- distributed organization, you've got lots of employees. They are changing roles and responsibilities. They may get added on to certain projects for certain business initiatives. And even just uh, understanding at any uh, moment in time who all your privileged users are, just the discovery, of those, is a very important step and one that can be a challenge. So organizations may think that they know they can define and they know who all those privileges are, but chances are they may be missing a handful of users here or there who over time have accumulated some privileges for these systems that you're not aware of. And that's an area that is often overlooked and certainly is an important first place to start because by uh, discovering those, you can then implement the appropriate controls to, to manage them and control them going forward.
0: Well, that's a good point because I talk with lots of organizations and I hear the same thing that I guess they refer to as privilege creep. You grant these privileges, but the privileges never really get revoked, do they?
1: That's exactly what happens, and it's not just for privileges, it's for all types of users. It's certainly, if you've been the longer you've been in an organization, the greater the likelihood that you've accumulated privileges over time that are no longer necessary or relevant to your job, and that becomes a potential compliance risk, and audit risk, because it's not that you're using those entitlements. Uh, just the fact that you have those means that that account is potentially susceptible to uh, hacking or, or some other issue. So trying to reduce that privilege creep over time is definitely uh, a goal that organizations should be pursuing, obviously for privileged users, but really for all users as well.
0: Samara, let's talk about a couple of areas where you see organizations addressing some critical issues, and the first one I want to ask you about is identity and access governance. What do you see there?
1: So with governance, the identity access management market has been is a mature market. It's been around for over a decade and I think uh listeners will have a general understanding of what's involved where the governance angle is certainly kind of next level beyond just the management. It's one thing just to manage the users, but it's really when we talk about governance, it's really about having a complete life cycle that manages that user throughout their entire life cycle of the organization, from the day they're hired when they're transferred or promoted to the day that they uh leave the organization and being able to have a holistic process in place so that their entitlements are managed and secured throughout their life cycle and that they are in fact governed so that when they do leave the organization, you can immediately revoke those privileges to prevent any uh future gaps of what we call orphan accounts, uh which are scenarios where users who have left the organization or may have left the role in the organization but they still have valid credentials on a system. That's, that's another variant of privilege creep and is a definite uh, red flag for auditors. So having that kind of holistic governance process in place can hopefully help minimize the risk of open accounts and better improve your compliance posture.
0: So help me out here. How do we distinguish identity and access governance from the next topic I want to ask you about, which is privileged identity management?
1: So it, it gets more uh, somewhat into the, just the semantics of kind of what's involved with um, the, the different terms of management versus governance. So a lot of organizations have already implemented some form of privilege identity management today to better protect and control their sense of servers. But those deployments often lack automated processes to verify that the administrator access rights uh, are valid on an ongoing basis. So really what we talk about when we have the governance feature is being able to have those automated processes in place to help verify the access rights on an ongoing basis. Privilege, editing management is an important first step and something organizations should be considering if they haven't already, but it's really being able to put that governance in place to do the automated verification of those rights on an ongoing basis where you start to see additional value and also additional savings in the form of uh, not having to do these verifications on a manual basis, which can consume a lot of time and resources.
0: Well good, we've done an excellent job here sort of setting up the business issue. Let's take a step back now. Merritt, talk to me about how CA Technologies addresses this whole area of privileged identity governance.
1: So CA Technologies has, has been an active participant in the, in the identity access management market for over a decade and in response to the growing need for uh, more complete solutions around privilege management, we have a solution that that can address this privilege and governance using two solutions from our uh, portfolio. One is called CA Control Minder, which provides um, some shared account management capabilities for uh, secure storage and access to privileged user passwords. And then um, we have a additional product called the CA Governance Minder that actually does the ongoing certification campaigns uh, on privileged users uh, using kind of automated workflow and approval processes to help stream on that. So, it's the integration of those two products and the combination of those two products that gives organizations the ability to implement privilege and governance today.
0: Well, that's a good overview of the products. Let's talk about what they do now. In addition to sort of identifying maybe the privilege holders in an organization, what are the business benefits that your customers are seeing with your solutions?
1: So a couple of uh, things we talked a little bit about previously, but certainly um, the risk angle is, is being able to mitigate and, and better manage the risk of privileged users is a, is a big benefit and certainly one that customers see a lot of value in given that privileged users do have access to sensitive systems. So having this automated process in place and having visibility into administrative access rights is very important because it hopefully will allow you to remove or, or make adjustments to those access rights In real time, which can better control the risk, the ongoing operational efficiencies that can be gained by automating some of these processes around how you regulate and verify administrator access. uh, There's definite value in doing that. Uh, A lot of companies today may rely on spreadsheets or other kind of manual-based processes that, while they do the job, they are uh, they can be cumbersome and require a lot of uh, extra manpower to just administer. So being able to streamline those processes to have it a bit more automated so that users will be directed to a portal, they'd see a list of all the peerless users, and they could very easily uh, approve or reject their access rights. makes for a much simpler process and also gives you some accountability that you can then, when the auditors come with requests, you can verify and show the auditors that these reviews have been completed on regular intervals and that any outstanding issues have been remediated appropriately.
0: So really, you're going to save time and resources that then can be spent elsewhere more effectively, right?
1: Correct. Um, On potentially more higher value-added items of the business. So instead of, of, of pouring through spreadsheets, the users can now be more involved with, you know, configuring new systems or doing other types of things that are going to better actually help grow the business.
0: So, Merit, a final question for you, which is really where do organizations begin? They, they know that there's an issue. They want to start to assess and mitigate their risk when it comes to identity management, privileged identity management. Where do they start?
1: I think the first thing, obviously, is really looking at your environment and really understanding where your privileged users sit, back to the, the concepts of this kind of discovery. And I think once you have a handle on who those uh, privileged users are, then, you know, engage in cross functionally say, like with your audit team and others, to really understand what the underlying risks are associated with uh, target systems and then prioritize the highest resistance as the one you want to uh, implement around this first. Um, the good news when you're talking to those users is, uh, you know, in most cases it's a much smaller subset of the employee population. So it's not as if this is a, something that has to be deployed to tens of thousands of users, but it is a, a certainly a very... Um, a group that does have access to important systems. So getting that prioritization of what your highest systems are is a good first step. Next up would be discovering who those administrators are who have access to those systems. And then once you've got that knowledge in place, now you can begin to actually put in place um, some basic processes to verify their access rights and actually, you know, implement privilege and
0: governance. Merit, that's excellent advice. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for having me. We've been discussing privileged identity governance and how it can improve an organization's security posture. I've been speaking with Merritt Maxim. He's the Director of Identity Management Product Marketing at CA Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.